my mouth, God. And I thank you, God, that as I open my mouth, God, I will be decreeing and declaring, God, your word. And your word will quicken. Your word will bring life unto us on tonight in Jesus' name. And I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And you shall get the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. How many is learning something through these teachings? How many know when we really have these teachings, it's not hard for us to apologize? Hallelujah. We've been teaching on um, resentment, and I want to go a little bit further. Let me give the definition of resentment again. We know that resentment is... Having ill feelings against someone, usually for something they did or something they did not do. Sometimes we can have resentment against a person for something they did do, and they know they did it, we know they did it, but then we can have ill will against a person that didn't do anything. How is it? Can we resent someone, have ill feelings against someone, that hasn't done anything to us. And I gave um, scriptures on that. I started with Genesis, the fourth chapter, dealing with Cain and Abel. I went into Genesis 16 with Abraham and Sarah when Abraham um, told um, her handmaid, her maid uh, servant, to sleep with her husband, which she did, and then there was some resentment there. We went into um, Genesis 29. We talked about Leah and Rachel when there was resentment because um, Rachel had resentment against her sister because her sister was having children by her husband, Jacob, and she couldn't have children. And then when um, Rachel began to have children, then Leah was like a competition. So what we do, we can begin to resent each other because someone might have something you want and you can't have it. So you begin to have ill will against that person for having what they have. And we see this sometimes in the, in the church when we as um, children or sons and daughters of the most high when we see someone in a position that we think we should be in we begin to resent that person have ill will towards that person because God put them in that position so we begin to you know treat them wrongly so that can happen in church that can happen um, in your home um, with husband with wife you can begin to have ill will against that wife or that husband, so it can happen in, in different different instances. But then the Lord um, had me to talk on bitterness. When we don't handle that ill will, things that we are harboring in our heart, we become bitter. And when we become bitter, it eats us up just like cancer. So we went on over scriptures in Hebrews twelve fifteen, dealing with bitterness, Deuteronomy twenty nine eighteen through nineteen. And then I went over Ephesians 4.31, dealing with all that, and also Ruth, um, chapter 1, verse 19 through 21. But tonight, the Lord put on my heart, and I'm going to go over this a little bit more. I want to talk about anger on tonight, and we want to talk about where anger comes from. We want to get to the root of where it comes from, because in anger, there is resentment, there is ill will, and we need to understand why this is occurring first of all anger is a strong emotional reaction of displeasure often leading to plans for revenge or punishment 
Anger is a strong emotional reaction of displeasure, often leading to plans for revenge or punishment. I want to go back to um, Cain and Abel. And the reason why I want to go back there, because I want to show you a root that's in there that we talked about before. Some of us um, have anger issues. And we blame those anger issues on people that didn't even cause us to be angry. And we don't even realize it because we go for years. We go for a long time holding deep hurts and having open wounds that need to be healed that was never healed. So if I'll start with um, church folk. Some church people have been hurt through other churches. So when they come into a church that want to show them love and the people in the church want to show them love, they don't want people to, um, or they don't want to get too close to people because they're afraid they're going to be hurt all over again. So by them having those deep wounds and those wounds have not been healed, then what happens when people are coming up to them and it reminds them of something that happened in the past, then they begin to get angry at other folk when they didn't have nothing to do with what happened in that previous church so when you don't ask God to mend your broken heart and to bind up all of your wounds those wounds are wide open and you may have a little cut but if you don't allow that cut to heal then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger So when someone is really trying to be sincere, really trying to be loving, you don't trust anyone. You back off off that person. That's even in relationships. If you've been hurt by a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you haven't had time to heal, so you get another woman in your life or another man in your life and they want to love you and show you really what love is you're not accepting that love because you left a door open dealing with that hurt saying you're not going to do me like they done me I'm not going to allow you to get close to me like they got close to me because they hurt me so we're going to have to ask God to show us where these deep wounds are you know, where we've been hurting before. Dealing with Cain and Abel is right here in Scripture that shows us how Cain's offering was rejected by God. But Abel's Abel offering was accepted because Abel did what God asked him to do, and Cain did not. So by Cain being rejected by God, he became very angry. And he took that anger out on his brother. But it comes through rejection. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. People have anger issues because they have been rejected by their mother, by their father. They have not been accepted when they were growing up. So they're holding all of that anger on the inside. And they end up taking it out on their siblings. It goes from the siblings to other people that are around them because they don't have that acceptance. In the Bible, it says that Cain became very wroth. He was very angry. Think about a child that feels as if another sibling is always being accepted and they're never being accepted, but they don't understand. You're not being left out. It's just that this child is doing what's needed to be done and you're not. So if parents don't take the time to tell their children, it's not that we don't love you. It's just that what we have asked to be done, you didn't do what you were asked to do. Your brother done what was asked to do. You didn't do it. Sometimes we don't explain that to children and they look at 
their other siblings differently and they began to hate the other siblings because they felt like they were rejected. That's what was happening with Cain and Abel. So in this instant, he got very angry. God gave him an opportunity to change. He let him know that sin was lying at the door and sin was waiting on him. So God was saying, all right, King, get it right. What am I saying to you tonight? God give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to deal with your past hurts. He give you that opportunity. He send people in your lives to minister unto you to let you know you have a door open. You need to close that door. How does people know this? Because people that walk in the spirit and they hear how you sound. They hear what you talk about all the time. They hear how you were left out all the time. They know, okay, you rejected. And by you being rejected, you're going to put up a wall because you don't want nobody to reject you. And if you feel like they're rejecting you, then you're going to make that person look a certain way so you can be put in the forefront. A rejected person will always put somebody down so they can be lifted up and then there's pride. See, we get to the root of all of it. A rejected person will put other people down so they can be in the forefront so people can look up to them, see me, hear me, be attached to me. That's what rejection does. So Cain in this instance, he felt rejected. So by him feeling rejected, God knew how he felt. God was his father. So God knew, I know you feeling rejected. I want you to deal with this. I want you to close the door because it's waiting right here at the door to master you, Cain. Close that door. God gave him the opportunity before he even killed his brother. How many times does God give us an opportunity through someone to tell us, okay, you know that's not right. You know you need to deal with that. See, God always have somebody watching. He all, he, that's because he loves us so much. Even in marriages, we know when we said something we should not have said. We know when we're wrong and we need to apologize. And then we know when we are not wrong, where we still need to humble ourselves so we can minister to that person the way God wants us to minister to that person. But when we get the big head thinking everybody's supposed to always bow down to us, then we're going into pride. When we're learning the word of God, the way that we're learning the word of God, we shouldn't wait on a person to come to us when we know that a person is standoffish, when we know that person is coming at us trying to bite our head off and we don't understand why, we don't walk off from that. We go to our brother and sister in Christ and say, I want to apologize if I have offended you, if I have said anything out the way to you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. When you humble yourself, that person will tell you, you know what? No, it's not you. It's me. But when we come at the person the same way that person come at us, you only making that wound get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's waiting on somebody else to step up to them so they can lash out at that person as well. So anger, it says it's a strong emotion, emotional reaction of displeasure, often leading to plans for revenge or punishment. Look at Cain, this anger that he had. Because he got rejected by God, he took it, took it out on his own brother. So he was waiting on the opportune time to get his brother, and his brother didn't have nothing to do with that. His brother was being obedient to God the way God wanted him to be obedient, but Cain took it out on him. So this is what I'm saying. Innocent people 
who don't have nothing to do with your hurt or getting hurt by someone because they have not dealt with that hurt. So we need to start dealing with things in our lives. We need to close those doors to things that have offended us, things that have brought on resentment and animosity, strife, and all of this and offense. And some of us say, oh, I know, I know. When you know, you don't do like the world does. You make a change. You repent. That means that you have a change of mind. You turning away from that and you turning towards what God would have for you to do. When we know God, instead of knowing about God, y'all, we don't wait two, three weeks to go to nobody. We don't even wait a day because that's not God. When you wait, sin is lying at the door to add more to what a person didn't say. The more you wait, the more things are said that were not said. That's why we have to handle things before it goes too long. Because if you let it go too long, it begins to boil over on the inside of you. The more you talk about it, the madder you get. Now, something so simple is making you that mad. That's when you should back off of that thing and say, wait a minute, God, something like that. My husband leaving a dish in the sink shouldn't have me boiling like this. Have y'all ever really thought about that? So it's something else behind that. Somebody, you know, not putting something in its proper place should not stir you up like that. Somebody not speaking to you should not stir you up like that. So we have to back up and say, Holy Spirit, I'm too stirred up. What's going on with me? Why am I so showing so much anger? This person hasn't done anything to me. So what's going on with me? Because I'm getting too angry too quick. Anybody who get angry just like that, something is wrong. We shouldn't be like that in the body of Christ. We hold so much, y'all. We hold so much in and we walk around and act like we okay. But deep down inside, we're not okay. So if we don't deal with it, it's not only going to deal with us, but it's going to deal with somebody who had nothing to do with what you were dealing with. So that's Cain and Abel dealing with anger, and it comes through rejection. Remember, rejection is feeling unneeded, unwanted. You want to be up to the forefront, and what you do because you're rejected, then you want somebody else to be rejected. You want them to feel like you're feeling. And people don't even know that they're operating in rejection. The more you talk about somebody else, then you need to check yourself. And so why am I talking about this person? Sometimes when we talk about people, we want people to see them differently, and we want them to see us better than they see them. That's a form of rejection. What we should be doing is saying, you know what, Lord, help me to study to be quiet. Because right now, the more I talk about it, the more madder I'm getting. And then the Holy Spirit here come in and let us know what to do. Then the Lord began to show me this with Joseph. We saw him putting things out that we're familiar with. Y'all know Joseph and what happened with Joseph. It started in Genesis 37, verse 1 through verse 4. And it's talking about... How um, Jacob, it says in verse 3, it says, Since Joseph was born when his father Israel, Jacob, was old, Israel loved him more than his other sons. He made Joseph a special robe with long sleeves. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than he loved them, they hated their brother and could not speak to him politely. 
peacefully. Look at this. Joseph knew he was hated by his brothers. Why was he hated by his brothers? Because it looked as if the father loved him more. It looked as if Jacob loved him more. He gave him a multicolored coat. So they was watching how Jacob was reacting towards their brother. So the Bible says that when Joseph's brothers saw their father loved him more than he loved them, they hated their brother. The opposite of love is hate. So see, even in a family... When you feel like that a sibling is being loved more than you, you begin to hate that sibling. When you don't do nothing to that hate, it becomes so much a part of you. You do that sibling wrong, but you don't think you're doing that sibling wrong. You think that sibling deserved that type of treatment because it has really got rooted and grounded in you that this is how you need to treat a person, that you treat them this way, it seems normal. But somebody around you is seeing how you're talking at them or talking to them. It says they could not speak to him politely or peacefully. So that hate was so much in him. This is how we recognize hate. How do you talk to your mate? How do you talk to your siblings? How do you talk to church folks? How do you talk to them? Are you talking to them peacefully? Or are you talking to them where they know what have I done to you? See, sometimes people don't recognize how they talk to people. It's because it becomes normal talk. It becomes so much a part of them. They say, this is just me. But people walking in the spirit know that's not godly. That's not how God handled things. So sometimes we don't recognize hate. It's because we got so used to hate that we think that's normal. And then if people hang around you and that's how you come off all the time and they're not telling you the way you coming off is not right, then guess what? They're going to be just as wrong as you. Because if somebody else come and hang in that circle and they say, um, is something wrong with Sister Deborah? Is she okay? Oh, yeah, that's just Sister Deborah. But Sister Deborah's not okay. And I know she's not okay, but Jennifer Simpson just came in and she's saying, what's wrong with her? Oh, that's just her. That's just how she act. But she know she shouldn't be acting that way. Oh, when you get to know her, you'll be okay. But deep down in my heart, I'm knowing that girl got some issues. But I ain't telling her about those issues. And that's the problem. We as brothers and sisters in Christ should be able to come to one another peacefully, not with a tone. We should come to that person humbly and meet them way that, where, they are, where they're at. Now, I'll give you an illustration. A baby. When a baby is born, a baby is little, a baby is precious, but we know that baby cry all the time. And we know certain cries let you know certain things because they can't talk. A mother knows when that baby is not feeling well. The mother knows when that baby is wet. That mother knows when that baby want to just aggravate her. That mother knows, mother knows best because mothers carried that baby for about 10 months in the womb. So the mother knows something is not right. I remember when Ariel was born and um, she was in the crib and it was just so quiet in there. And I told my husband, I said, she's woke. He said, no, she's not. I said, yes, she is. She's woke. I know she's woke. She's getting up. Her eyes was wide open. Why? A mother senses that baby. 
So if, if she cried and I knew her cry, that's not a normal cry. Something is not right with that cry. What am I saying to you? As your child grow up, the mother, the father, they sense things from that child. They know when their tone changed that. How was your day? It was good, mommy. My day was good. Next day, how was your day? Is I right. Wait a minute now. Let's back up, baby. Tell me what happened in your day. See, parents that don't talk to their children, they don't know how they're feeling. They don't know what's going on. You can tell a tone that changes that's just not right or a tone that try to act like they're right, but it ain't the same tone that it has always been. So if that child get older, you know the tone of that child because you spend time with that child. You got, you done develop your mama and daddy relationship with that child. So you know when something is off. What am I saying? In the body of Christ, when you're in the word of God and you spend time with the father and all of us supposed to be part of him. If Teresa come up to me, I'm going to sense something is not right with you today. She didn't say anything, but I can look at her and spirit to spirit. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, come here. What's going on? How would I catch it? And somebody else wouldn't. Because if I'm in the spirit and I'm led by the spirit of God, God has unctioned me and he let me know, though she hasn't opened her mouth. See, when he had me watching a person for a while, oh, something's not right. Come on, come on, let's talk about it. Something's not, something's off with you. So then if, if she tell me, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm, I'm okay, then I'm going to say, okay, if you want to talk, I'm here. But then she turn around and then she begin to talk to Tiffany and she be like, I don't like what you said. Tiffany, like, what? What do you, why? I didn't say nothing. Yes, you did. So she's off. And Tiffany is like, what I do? Now, I just asked her what was going on. See, when you get to know folk and you knowing people by the spirit, you're going to know what's going on with them. Because you're spending time with those people. You're going to know their tones. You're going to know their gestures. I'll give you an idea here. And I'm picking on Judah. How many know Judah's gestures on Sundays from looking at them when they're singing? Just raise your hands and say hallelujah. How many know their gestures when somebody is off on Judah? See? Everybody raising their hand. When somebody is off, you see somebody in spray. You know their gestures, right? You sense, okay, somebody off up there. <laughs> somebody, somebody's going through up there. Or you see somebody like, you saying, okay, what's going on with them today? All of us supposed to be in the spirit on the Lord's day, but you happen to look up and say, okay, what's going on with you? When you be with someone and you spend time with someone, they give you different gestures. They may not have, they may not open their mouth, but their face is telling you, get out of my face. Don't come at him. Don't you come and get what? So they know something is wrong. They know your what when it don't have a sound. It's all over you. What is what is that song saying? It's all over. I'm trying to get that song. It's written all over your face, but it's a song saying, um, "Help me, Jennifer." 
I can feel him in my hands. I can feel him in my feet. What is it? Oh, Lord. Anger all over you. I can feel anger all over. Come on, y'all. We know it. And, and come on. How about... Just blowing. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Well, you don't ask me now. You might as well just ask. You don't bother me now. Oh, y'all, let me tell y'all this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I always use me and my husband. Y'all know right after that marriage and singles conference, you get tried, right? But it shouldn't be by your husband, okay? My husband coming in there Monday, he said, um, and I know my husband. I know him well. He come in the house Monday, he said, Manda, fix me a sandwich. I'm in my word, y'all. I'm with Jesus. So I said, what? What? He said, Amanda, fix me a sandwich. So I took a deep, I mean a deep breath. I just took a breath and I just sat there and I just, just sitting there. So I said, what, um, what, do you, what kind of sandwich you want? Something like that I said nicely, you remember? Oh, let me tell you what he said. Come in there. I'm just playing. Don't play with me like that. For some reason, when we have these conferences, the devil tried to use them, y'all. See, men have tried that to see where you are. What if we women tried that on you men? Man, fix me a sandwich. I said, that ain't even my husband. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Telling me to fix you a sandwich. Why did you fix your own sandwich? Then the Holy Ghost calmed me down on the inside. Come on, this happened, y'all. Come on, you begin to flirt. Human. We're human. Julia, come on. We're human, right? See, people's tones will stir you up. But you got to know how to bring yourself back down. And I'm going to get to that. So we see what they did to Jacob. They hated Jacob because they thought the dad loved him more. So they began to hate Jacob. Out of their hate, out of their anger, what did they do? Let's kill him. Because all of this stayed there for so long. And I want to ask you tonight, who have you killed, literally? Not physically. I'm talking about really kill them in your mind. And the enemy is hoping, telling you, well, they were out the way. Come on, anger will do this to you. I don't want to see that person no more. I don't want to talk to that person no more. See, these kind of thoughts that we have, what if something happened to that person? How could you live with yourself knowing that you were thinking these terrible things about that person in your mind? You already done killed them. You're just waiting for them to be buried. That's why we don't harbor this in our hearts against nobody. We have to make sure that our hearts are the way they need to be for the Lord. So anything that we're harboring in our heart against someone, we need to get rid of it quick, fast, in a hurry. You don't need to be waiting because once that person is gone, you cannot ask that person for forgiveness. They are dead. The Holy Spirit lets us know what we should do and how we should do it. So we see that even with um, Joseph, it was some rejection with the brothers. See how rejection always show up. 
Those brothers felt rejected by that daddy. They didn't feel like they was needed and wanted like Joseph was. So what did they do? All of them came together. Let's literally get rid of him. And that's what they thought they did. Then another one um, dealing with rejection is Esther, the third chapter, verses 1 through verse 6. And I think y'all familiar with this. This is dealing with Mordecai and Haman. Now, Haman got a position, a very high position. And what Haman wanted, he wanted them, everybody's supposed to bow down, show reference, honor to him. So Mordecai refused to bow because he knew he was not bowed to man. He only bowed to God. So he got reported to Haman about him not bowing down. He still would not bow down. Haman became very wroth. He was angry. He was very angry. So what did Haman do? Haman said, I'm not only going to go after you, Mordecai, but I'm going to go after all the Jews. I'm going to kill them all. So let me tell going back to what I said. Haman had a problem with the Jews before he got in position. Because Haman's descendants was the Amalekites. Um, what's his name? Saul supposed to have got rid of all the Amalekites. God said literally destroy, but he didn't do it. So Haman was a part of the Amalekites. So the Amalekites, they hated the Jews. He already had hate in his heart. See, there was a root. He already had hate in his heart against the Jews. When Mordecai, which was a Jew, wouldn't bow down to him, all that hate, the anger that he had built up, he was setting up a plan. He was setting up revenge. I'm not only going to do away with this one man, I'm going to do away with them all. This is what anger does. The root of this is rejection. He was rejected. He felt, okay, you supposed to bow down to me. You're going to reject my leadership. So anyone that's in authority, if someone don't bow down to them, they'll try to get them back some kind of way. They're going to make them look bad some kind of way. So that's part of being rejected. So when we look at all of this that I have went over concerning that, guess what we have to do? We have to do what the word of God tell us to do. Everybody in this room know the hate that they have carried for years. Everybody in this room know the resentment, the ill will that has come through that. It has come through rejection. It starts at birth. It starts in the womb. If you were a child that the mother and father was looking for a boy and you a girl, it was in the womb. Rejection was in the womb. If you come out into the world and you thinking that they're treating Someone else better than you, that's rejection. Or if you have been given away by a mother or a father, that's rejection. You're going to start hating on the other siblings because they gave you away and didn't give them away. So that's rejection. You begin to hate your siblings because of that. Everything stems around rejection. You begin to hate your mother, your father for doing what they done, not understanding why they did what they did, but you hate them. So you turn all of that ill will over on a sibling you turn all that ill will maybe on a mate maybe on um co-workers whoever it may be because you never close that door see what's happening in ministries is you got people not going to the root of what's going on in the body of christ what they're doing is they're looking at things on the surface but they're not getting to the root so they're still dealing with the same things in the church just a different day 
But when you know what the root of something is, then you begin to minister where that person is and let them know this is what's causing you to be the way you are. These are the doors that you need to close and you can do it through the word of God. You are not a reject. God accepted you even before you was acceptable. You were accepted in the beloved. You were adopted by him. Your father loves you. So you want them to know the love of the father. Even when your mother and father forsake you, God picked you up. So we have to let people know the love of God. That's the first thing. But another thing we need to let people know is, we know this one, Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer, turn away wrath. Now, this is the word. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Did y'all hear that? Anger is already there. When you... Have grievous words when somebody is coming at you. You give them back the same thing. It's stirring up. What's all? It's going to stir up anger. Then another scripture is Proverbs ten twelve says this: Hatred keeps old quarrels alive. We went over this. This is the Passion translation. Hatred keeps old quarrels alive. When you have hate in your heart against someone. Those old quarrels are kept alive. You you still reminiscing on that old stuff, the stuff that used to happen. So when that people come up to you, hate is still there. So you're going to treat them some kind of way. And it says, love draws, but love draws a veil over every insult and finds a way to make sin disappear. Love covers a multitude of sin. So... The Holy Spirit will let you know that person don't like you. Show love to them. Show them love. Where hate is, it should be love. So bless those who curse you. Love those who hate you. You can't do it yourself. It has to come through the Holy Spirit. But you got to spend time with God and ask him, God, why do I hate this person so much? They haven't done anything to me. God, the the little things that they did do to me, it shouldn't have me this angry with them. So Lord, what is it? Deal with me so I can deal with others because, Lord, this is eating me up. Bitterness is in the play now. You got all of these things going on in your life because you have not sought the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Help me, little old me, to see what's going on with me first. So when we ask Lord, the Lord to search us and see if there's any wicked way in us, we need to get ready to hear what God has to say. Everybody in this room at one time or another has some hate, some anger. We might still have it and not even recognize that we have it. But through these teachings, it's going to stir up some things. It's going to take you back to yesteryears and help you to realize, God, I've been harboring these things in my heart for a long time. And I've been taking it out on others. And this is not what you would have me to do. God, you want me to show them you and you. God is love. So it's time for us to get rid of all of this, this stuff that's causing us to be bitter against other people that has not done anything to us. I remember it, years ago, there was somebody that hurt me deeply. And I thought I was dealing with that hurt. And as days would go by, I noticed how I was acting towards that person. 
And I say, God, this is not you. This is not the way you would have for me to be. And it got to the point that I was getting so distant from that person. It didn't matter if they were around or not. So the Lord, see, this is what happens when you have hurt in you. When you have deep hurt in you from what a person has done and you know you haven't done anything to that person, you will get so far away from that person. It don't matter if they're right there in the room with you. It's like them not being there. You don't care no more. You know how you can have a relationship with somebody over the years and you're so close, you're so tight, but you may move away and they may move away and you don't talk no more like you used to. All of a sudden, that relationship is so distant, you don't miss them. You don't even care if you talk to them no more you know they're out the picture because you you're not still developing that relationship that's what hurt does that's what disappointment does when you have so much hurt in you you don't care if you see that person or not you don't care if you hear from that person or not and when I recognize this the Holy Spirit was showing me this I say God show me how to love them the way you want them to be loved because right now I hate them I had to be honest with God. I say, I hate them because I haven't done anything to them. But Lord, they hurt me. They hurt me so much in a way, God, I just don't want to love on them no more. And the Lord showed me how to do it by me getting in the word and by me casting all my cares over on him. And by me not looking at the hurt, but looking to him who's the often finisher of my faith, I can feel myself coming alive again. I can feel myself doing what I didn't want to do no more. See, this is why you have to recognize what's holding you and what's stopping you. Yes, and I'm going to say this, even in marriages, if there's been some infidelity, if there's been things that we um, assume that has happened, but we don't know if it's happened or not, if you don't control your thinking in those areas, you will pull away from that husband. You will pull away from that wife. You will resent them. You don't want to have nothing to do with them, but you're supposed to be the godly one. You're supposed to show them God in spite of the hurt, in spite of the pain. You're supposed to love in spite of what they do or how they do it. So it takes time, but we have to get into the word of God. The word of God has to get into us and whatever is in you is going to come out of you. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. Never say it. You didn't mean to say it. Some things we say we didn't mean to say. Yes, we did. We wanted everybody to hear how, how you hate that person, how that person is no good. I remember in church, I don't know if Catherine remember this. Over there in Little House on the Pear, I don't know if you and Rick was there then. It was a girl that had come in, and she was so hurt by her husband that she was up there just just crying out. You know, she the Lord had ministered to her, so she got up to, to testify, and she began to say, that no good rascal. Everything was just coming out of her. She was so hurt because of that no good rascal. Kathy, you don't remember her, do you? But she said, that no good rascal. God done give you all this in here. Now he's a no good rascal. She was just bringing it up from deep, calling deep. But guess what? She got all of that stuff out of her because she built up hate because of how he treated her and what he done to her and how he abused her and misused her. And she was trying to play the part, y'all. She was trying to play the part, but when God began to minister to her, oh my goodness, she was telling it all. I can't do it no more. I can't do it. But it come up and it come out and she knew what she had to deal with. 
What am I saying? A lot of us, we saying hallelujah, thank you Jesus. But as soon as somebody approach you and tell you something you don't want to hear, you done chewed them up and done spit them out, and now you're still going back to hallelujah and act like it's normal. No, it's not. So it's time for us to deal with what's hidden. Because whatever is hidden, it's going to be revealed, y'all. And I know it's some anger issues in the room. And we have to deal with it through the word of God. We cannot say, I'm sorry. We have to say, forgive me and turn from it and don't go back to it according to the word of God. We have to have some godly sorrow. When we have godly sorrow, you're going to know who's godly sorrow. Because they're doing all they can with the help of the Lord to be godly sorrowful. Amen. So I pray y'all learned something from that little bit on anger. And we're going to bring in more as the spirit of the Lord lead me to do so. Do anybody have something they want to say on what was just taught? Yes. Because if you're frustrated, it's coming through some anger issues from, I'll put it this way, Kathy. If you're frustrated and a person is bothering you, it's bringing out of you what's already in you. Frustration is a part of anger as well. Because if Athea, let's say Athea, Kathy, she, she keep picking on me and picking on me and bothering me and bothering me. And um, she just frustrates me. And I'm telling her, leave me alone now. I told you, leave me alone now. And all of a sudden, this rage come out of me because of her frustration. I'm telling her, girl, don't mess with me today. Leave me alone. Go about your business today. Don't mess with me today. And she's still provoking me. She's still picking on me. Anger is coming up. Whatever's in you is going to come out of you. And then when I end up throwing something at a thing, oh, God, a thing, I'm sorry. No, you meant to do that, apostle. <laughs> See? Because it was already there. So the enemy know if I can frustrate them, if I can just, that's another part of the teaching, Kathy. I'm going into that next week. i just give you a little snippet. But that's going next week. But I want to bring it all together. Tyson. Can you come up and, um, because they can't hear you on the live. That's why we have to use the mic. I want to thank God for the word being taught. Um, I think, you know, for, for you using the example of, of King and Abel, and you said that Genesis, um, you can find everything that you want in the book of Genesis. This example just been on my mind, you know, and it won't let go because <clears throat> we all got opportunity. But when, when the offering came, you know, um, you know, uh, King... He, he, his heart wasn't right when he gave his, his offering. And, when, and God knew that. And the first thing that he wanted to do in response was, was, was wroth about it. And God told him that, you know, a thing, you know, sin lies at the door. But he said, you can master it. And no matter what's going on in either of our lives, we can master it as as we wash ourselves in the word. Mm-hmm. But 
from my understanding, uh, King didn't want to do that through the word. He wanted to do it through the flesh because his mind was already made up. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, this situation right here, um, I don't take lightly because pastor is right. You know, it's, it's, this right here could be, you know, from previous situations. I've never did nothing with a frown on my face right. If I was lucky, I got to say I'm sorry. But when I smile and have my heart in the right place, I can whisper it. And it got done. And it was wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly just like um, Abel. And then Abel gave his first offering because it was his heart was already right. And it was a natural thing to for him to give. And God already knew that. But despite of the whole situation, what I got out of that, God said, you can master it. He gave him a chance. He gave King a chance. And so right now today, for us to be able to receive the word, the teaching of the word, God has given us a chance to be able to wash ourselves in the word and to get the, the, get it right if it ain't right. And I don't take that for granted because pastor is right. Every one of us got something with us, but God said you can master it. But it was King's opportunity. It was it was his choice. Just just the the reject it, and he let it grow and grow and grow until he he wanted to kill. And that right there, I want to say to everybody, it's it's just great to have the the right heart to love, and 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 to to get just sit down and read the word and get an understanding the way God give it to you. And, and just to say that every day I can walk around to, to you, you, and you and say, hey, I mean, I'm giving my heart into it and the best of way that God give it to me. It was just so Amen. awesome to me. And I thank God for the teaching. And look at y'all how by him not mastering what God told him to master, it went through the generation. It landed on his grandson. And he ended up killing and thought it was okay because... Cain did it. This is what's happening now. It goes through the generation because it's not handled according to God's way. It's handled man's way. Anybody else have something that they want to say? Come on, Tiffany. I really just want to say that I'm grateful for the word because it is right up, down, around, and all through my my alley. <laughs> um, and so I'm speaking on it really because I want to confess, you know, my sins to Jesus. And I really want him to deal with my heart with this issue. Because, um, I mean, like I said, this is so me. Um, there are times when, you know, in my mind, in my heart, you know, I do all that I can to do right by people. And if they do something to me or regardless of whatever, if a situation happens, then I will quickly distance myself from a tribe. I don't care who you are. Husband, mother, well, not my mom, of course, not my daddy. But, you know, cousin, aunt, uncle, friend, whatever. And so, and I know that it's not right because I have to learn how to humble my heart and regardless of the situation, you know, like you said, respond with a calm um, answer and just not distance myself from them because cutting yourself off from other people, that's not of God. And so, like I said, I wanted to confess that because I really want 
the Holy Spirit to deal with me with that. Um, and also just looking at situations in the flesh and, you know, in, in dealing with rejection and all of that just, I don't know, just caused so many issues, you know, in your life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I wanted to confess it and I wanted Jesus or through the Holy Spirit to help me deal with those issues. Amen. Come on, Tyson. God gave you a choice, and his choice is the right choice, but you have the right to choose which one. Because he gives you the word. He give all us the word. He ain't going to make you do anything. He already created us with the will. And you, Tiffany, if, if you staying away from people, and you in your word, and you getting the word in you, so when you go back to them, you're better. But if we push ourselves from people and we distance them, you know, we're building up bitterness. We're building up more hate because we say, if I'm not around you, the better I am. No, you're not. The worse you are. Because deep down inside, you want to be around them, but you can't tolerate them. So that's why it takes the word for us to tolerate each other. The word helps us to tolerate each other because every sister or brother got an issue. You may not like how they sound. Their voice may be so annoying. Why is their voice so annoying to you? You got the issue. That's the voice God created them with. Can't like the toothpick was so annoying when it came to my husband that um every time he picked it up, I would cringe. And then the Holy Spirit said, He ain't got the problem, you got the problem. You need to deal with that problem that's causing you to dislike him picking his teeth. So he brought it right back to me. So now I hand him a toothpick. I just said, Don't pick them too deep. <laughs> but I'll give him the toothpick. God had had to deal with me. He said, "Why are you upset with him because of a toothpick?" And I said, "Yeah, you're right. That shouldn't take me over the deep end like that, Lord. Why am I upset?" <laughs> so that it brings it back to you. Little things that you're irritated with is because it's you. I don't like how that person's voice sounds. See how they talking. That's the voice God gave them. Sound like a squealing mouse. They need to just cut that. Let's pray for your voice. Now you're making them feel rejected. Oh my goodness. See, he turned it back on me. We had a man, he was selling us something. The more he talked, the irritated I got. I said, Lord, help me, because that's just who he is. That's just who he is. I was praying, Lord, help me. I meant my stuff. The Lord did help me. I don't have a problem with him now. <laughs> I was just frustrated that they kept
Yeah, that irritates you, don't it? It's something that's, it could be something that, how can I put it? You might not be angry, but it just bothers your, um, ir- irritate. but that irritation could turn into anger if they don't stop, right? It could, you hear, uh, uh, please stop. Uh, uh, do you have to do that? Kim, you got something? Come on, Kim. She's talking about dad. <laughs> when you said that, it made me think of Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, he chews a certain way and it gets on my <laughs> And But I had to learn to not be irritated by the way he chew. And I don't know, you remember me telling you, Jamie? Okay. And I expressed how it made me feel because it was just irritating me. And I'm like, do he really have to sound like that? But then God had to show me that I have to love him in spite of how he chews. It's a man thing, Kim. Oh. <laughs> I told my husband he sounded like a hog at the trough. So now when he chews, it don't bother me quite as bad. I recognize it, but then I'm like, okay, I just don't. I brush it off. Kim, it's a man thing. It's a man thing because I told my husband, me and Ari be sitting there, and we're just chewing and chewing. I'm hearing something. I said, I said, honey, can I ask you a question? Did y'all get enough to eat when you were growing up? What is it? What is it? He said, man, I just can't help how I chew. Then I said, Lord, help me to help him. Huh? Oh, yeah. Him and Evangelist Newton over there, if y'all ever ate with them, sit down and eat with them, the restaurant will close before they get through swallowing and chewing. I ain't lying. My, Willie? How many times eat you? <laughs> we still eating and he's still chewing. And I'm like, this place going to close by the time he swallowed that food. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but look, confess your faults one with another. <laughs> no, but it's all good, y'all. We all have little things that we get over. And I love him. He can chew however he want to chew. I just put earplugs in my ear until God deliver me, send me my exodus. Now I'm just playing. So, Kim, I believe that's a man thing. But the Lord is helping us, right? Yes, he is. So, anything else before we close? Come on, Sky. What you want to say? What you want to say, Sky? What you want to say, Sky? You don't want to say it now? Hmm? You scared? Okay, turn and look at me and then talk. Now say it.
it's just weird how my dad loves on me, but I have to love him anyways. He do weird stuff because it's like he's a little hoggy and said he want to eat me and want to love on me. <laughs> she said her dad want to love on her and do weird stuff. Not weird stuff, but you know how dad will play with you all the time. You love it? Not really. Not really. <laughs> Jamie, she's growing up. That's what she's saying. Tell your dad I'm growing up. You growing up? And and he's, he's like a little hawk, and I'm a fish, and it's like, you want to eat me, you want to love on me. She a fish, you a hawk, Jamie. She's growing up, Jamie. Oh, thank you, Sky. Jamie, don't feel bad because my daughter and my son, it hurt, broke my husband's heart when my son said, Daddy, you can't kiss on me no more. I'm too old for that. So I believe that gave him some ill will and resentment, and then Ari don't want to hug him no more. So he, he just talks about that all the time. So she's growing up now. That's what she's saying. But he's still going to do it, Sky, because he loves you. Okay, we're going to close with that one. Amen. Everybody getting stuff off their heart. Julia, we'll, we'll continue with you next Tuesday. Now show up, okay? Look at Julia. Can you close us out, Renee? Pastor, why you want to mess with me? <laughs>